the more members of the national media that I talk to here at SEC Media Days, the more I realize they're really high on Brian Harson. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day, live from SEC Media Days here at the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's show features two really, really fun guests. The first is Mr. College Football himself. We chat with him for two segments, and then we'll wrap up the show with ESPN's Joe Tessitore. Mr. College Football himself, Tony Barnhart, with the Dodd Trophy. How's Atlanta treated you so far this week? Well, this is a, this is a home game for me. I'm excited about that. I live about 25 minutes north of here. In a That's nice. community called Dunwoody, so it's a home game, and I get to sleep in my own bed and get up and have breakfast and yesterday i got a chance to see my grandson two two years old before i came down here so this is a this is a lot of fun it's good to have you guys in atlanta of course man happy to be here before we jump into auburn and your thoughts on brian harson and, and the rest of the conference tell me about the dodd trophy tell me what all you got going on with those guys well the dodd trophy it, it was the it was the bobby dodd national coach of the year right i have been involved with with the coach of the year with the Dodd Trophy for about 12 years now. Uh, it interests me because this is a different kind of coach of the year award. Most coach of the year year awards go to the guy who's had a great season and done, or done a great job coaching his team. Right. And that's important. But the Dodd Trophy, there's a little bit more to it. It, it takes into account uh, the three pillars of the award are scholarship, leadership, and integrity. Uh, it, it's about the academic performance of his team. How do they do academically? How do they do in terms of community service? What does the coach do in terms of community service? It's just about putting college football in sort of a broader context, uh, Texas, as Coach Dodd would say, uh, as part of the overall campus life experience. And when they asked me to come on board 12 years ago, I said, this, this is different. This is, this is worth me lending my name to. And I'm, I'm excited to help them uh, – publicize this award while you guys are in, are in Atlanta. Sure. Yeah. And Luke Fickle winning the award last year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, had a historic season with, with the Bearcats being the first group of five school to, to make the playoff. Exactly. Luke Fickle is a great example. Here, here's a guy who is, who's, who's biding his time, right? who got an opportunity, who made the most of it, uh, does a lot of work, community service work. His players have do, do a great job academically. And the other thing that is unique about the Dodd Award, Dodd Trophy, is that we, uh, members of the board of the Bobby Dodd Foundation, we make the trip, we present the award at a dinner on the campus of the recipient. Oh, cool. So we go there, and that way the coach can be honored by his peers, by his uh, his players and all of that. And uh, we've had some neat trips. We've been to Notre Dame. We've been to Texas. Uh, we've been a lot of places. And for the coach to receive the award in Bobby Dodd's name, on his campus, surrounded by his uh, people, uh, is a very uh, they enjoy it a great deal. Yeah, no, that's that's a cool thing. That's a cool thing for sure. All right, while I've got you, I got to ask you about the Auburn Tigers. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts and opinions are all over the place sure. about where the program is, about Brian Harson, about this roster. 
let's let's start with the roster. I mean, do you think this Auburn Tigers roster um, is able to compete in the SEC? I think the roster the roster is there. You know, just do me a favor and keep Tank Bigsby healthy. Mm-hmm. Do that for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me a little more consistent play at quarterback. Okay. Do that for me. And if you do those two things, I, th- I think you're gonna. I think you can be there. But oh, by the way, have you looked at the schedule? It's brutal. Okay. I mean, it's obviously you play everybody in the SEC West. You always do that. Sure. And you always have to play Georgia. Right. And oh, by the way, did you happen to notice that Penn State was going to come visit you? Yeah. Uh, and and when you, you know, I think, thank goodness I think, you get Missouri. I think in Auburn's going to be a. I think Auburn's going to be a better team than they were last year mm-hmm. if if the if the quarterback's a little more consistent and Tank Bigsby stays healthy. But man, the schedule just absolutely brutal. So it's it's hard to see from a. They'll be – I think they'll be better. Yeah. But will they be better from a record standpoint? I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. And, like, the the most unwinnable games, the biggest reach, you know, Bama and Georgia, they're on the road, which is nice. Um, you know, Ole Miss and Mississippi State are on the road, but those are games I think you could certainly win. Yeah, I think you need things to go your way. Right. But Arkansas at home is winnable. LSU at home is winnable. Texas A&M at home, that one's tricky, but – yeah. It's like every game on the schedule is it's a it's a fifty fifty toss up, and game. that is the key when you're when you're going through something like Auburn's going through is how do you do in the fifty fifty games? You've got to win your fair share or more than your fair share of those fifty fifty games, and to send the signal, okay, folks, and this happens to every new coach I've mm-hmm. ever seen come in this league. They're fine if he makes it. It's because there finally came a moment when the fans went. Okay, this guy knows what he's doing. Okay, and, right, and, and and I don't know that Brian Harson has had that moment yet. Well, I, I think we thought it was after Auburn kind of whooped Ole Miss last year. Yeah, and then the end of the season was just such a disappointment with Bo Nix going down, and you really didn't have a whole lot of production out of T.J. Finley. He didn't, he didn't seem like he was ready. Uh, and then obviously the the weird thing that happened earlier this off season, right. everybody's kind of forgotten that. Yep. No, that's, that is true. So now, okay, you're back. You got this schedule, and you. It, the cliche, of course, is you play them one game at a time. Right. But there needs to be a moment in there, and it's probably going to come against Penn State. I think that that Penn State game is huge uh, in terms of establish. We'll put it this way: you really need to win that game. Mm-hmm. You need to win that game to give you a chance to to go into it with that win under your belt. Do you think they do win that game? I do think they win that game. I've seen a lot of Big Ten teams come down here and teams from other parts of the country, and they have a tough time. Start, yeah. uh, and, of course, now I saw USC come in here with Matt Leinert and Rezzy Bush, Reggie Bush against Auburn, and they, they were just right. fine. Thank you. Uh, I think they were fine against anybody, though. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think they do, I think they do win that Penn State game. Hopefully that sets them up for a nice run. Yeah, I mean, Auburn fans are saying over and over and over again, I think it's true, the first five games of the season. You get Mercer, San Jose State, sure. Penn State, Mm -hmm. right? And then you host Missouri, which is certainly a team that Auburn should be able to beat, but you got to go out and do it. And the fact that it's a home helps. And then LSU at home. Right. What do you think about these LSU Tigers? Uh, I like LSU. I've told people I think LSU is going to win sooner rather than later. I I think the Brian Kelly hire was inspired. Here's a guy who's won every place he's ever been. Right. Uh, winning as coach in the history of Notre Dame, that's got to count for something, I would think. Yeah. And he's done it. He's done it everywhere. He's more of a CEO 
kind of coach who will run a very, very tight ship. And just from talking to him yesterday, it is clear how excited he is. Because quite honestly, my friends at Notre Dame are not going to be happy to hear me say this. This year at LSU will be the most talented roster that Brian Kelly's ever had. Wow. Even the teams that went to the college football playoff were talented. But I'm listen, LSU's problems were never was never about play. Structure. It was structure and having the right coach to keep them out of the ditch. Wow. And 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 that happened and when Joe Burrow left town and all those other guys left town, Mm -hmm. they they lost their way. Right. And that's a big to me, that's a big part of coaching. So what this will be week five of the season? When they go to Jordan Hare yep. Stadium, do you think Brian Kelly's vision or you know what he wants this team to be will be in place by then? I, I think it will be pretty close. The question is, what happens at quarterback? Does Miles Brennan, who's who was going to be the guy last year until he got hurt, does Miles Brennan end up being the guy? Because Brennan is in about his ninth year of eligibility uh, and his ninth quarterback battle, by right, the way. Right. And, and, oh, by the way, and he was going to be the guy, and then this guy named Joe Burrow came in and said, "Well, this guy's pretty yeah, good." Yeah, that worked out. So right. if they are if they're getting good play at quarterback, that's a game I think LSU can win. Sure. What do you think about the Mississippi schools? Uh, a lot of folks have Auburn losing both of those games. I don't know necessarily how good Auburn's going to be on the road this year, right? But Ole Miss is a team I'm a little. Uh, I, I'm not buying it. I'm just yeah. not buying the energy behind the program right now. I just don't. If Jackson Dart from USC ends Great up being what we think he is, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, right. we'll see. Uh, you know, you you lose. They were so Matt Corral was one of the most underrated quarterbacks that's ever played in this league. No I mean, this guy was phenomenal when you watch him play. And does Dart does Dart coming in? Do they bring they bring somebody else? I don't know. LSU, I mean, Ole Miss still can't run the ball when they got to run the ball to put games away. So I think that is an issue. Mississippi State, Mississippi State, think about this. They, they returned 17 starters and a quarterback that led the SEC in passing, and they're not getting a whole lot of love. And really, it's because of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Their, their crossover games are Georgia and Kentucky. It's tough. And I, I go along with the SEC West. So, you know, I, I think both of those games are winnable for Auburn. All right, we'll continue our conversation uh, with Mr. College Football and get his thoughts on, on Brian Harson and what he needs to do moving forward in 2022. But today's show is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the planet. You can uh, check out their newest flavor. It's not a really new flavor, but it's in a new form. Uh, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar was extremely popular, and they're like, let's make this into a puff. And so now it's that great flavor mixed in with protein-filled, marshmallowy goodness. Are you kidding me? Very high in protein, very low in calories. What's not to like about it? You can check it out and all their other products at Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Tony, where, where are you with Brian Harson? What were your original thoughts when he was hired? And now what are they a, a year later? Love the hire. Okay. Love the hire. The guy, the guy, the guy saw what he did at Boise State mm-hmm. uh, when he replaced Chris Peterson. I, I just I just thought the guy was a very good coach and he yep. had proven it. Uh, but when you when you collapse the way that Auburn collapsed last year, you gotta say, well, okay, is is this guy ready for this challenge? I still think he's a very good coach, but now he's gotta prove it. Now they got they got to do they got to 
a good coach at some point is going to win a game they're not supposed to win. Sure. And that's because he prepares his team at a very high level. I think Brian Harson. I still think he's a good football coach, mm-hmm. but he's still got to have it that show me moment, that prove it to me moment. And maybe that maybe that comes against Penn State. Maybe that you know, if they could start five and zero, then maybe everybody will calm down a, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, just from a confidence standpoint. I mean, if you can if you can beat Penn State and LSU, you got to think you can beat Ole Miss. You got to yeah. think you can beat Mississippi State and Arkansas, right. right? And so all of a sudden, it's like if you're five and zero. Can this team go eight and four, nine right. and three, and right. that? I mean, that all of a sudden you're on the national radar. Well, and you look at it. So, look, the, the only the only teams that we're going to play where we are, Auburn would never say this, but I'd say this: the only teams they're going to play where they're clearly outmanned, Georgia more Alabama. talent is that is Georgia and Alabama, right? And uh, and you know what, Georgia and Alabama's got more talent than anybody else. Is Texas A and M close to that yet? They're close, but they're not. They're not there. I'm, okay. I'm not. They've got to. You know. Texas A&M is good enough defensively to compete at the top of this conference. Okay. The problem is what kind of quarterback or player they're going to get. I mean, people people forget Zach Calzada had the game of his life against Alabama. Played great, and they won it, and that's a big deal. That's an important deal. But Texas A&M went 4-4, four and four and Zach Calzada's now at all. Okay? And, and te- Texas A&M, is it Haynes King? Is it a, They've got a freshman they like a lot. If Haynes King can give them consistent performance, uh, I think they can be there. The only the big question is not only quarterback, but it's Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah okay. Spiller is a great, great football player, and they will miss his versatility. Sure, right. Is Tank Bigsby, in your mind, the best running back in the SEC, or do you think somebody's better than him? I love Tank everything that he does. What do you like about him specifically? Well, he, he, he gives you that combination of speed and power. Mm-hmm. I like running backs that can break tackles and get yards after after contact. I think that's extremely important. And Tank does that. And he he's a guy, if you have to give it to him 30 times a game, he can do that. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I like him a lot. I wasn't real happy when he ran out of bounds against Alabama. I was screaming at the television. Um, but I just I, I like what he does. I think another running back you need to keep your eye on is um, Chris Rodriguez at, at Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. But uh, here's a guy who ran for 1,300 yards last year and really was the linchpin of what they did. I even though Will Levis is back and he's great and he had a great receiver. Sure. And Wondell Robinson. Kentucky won 10 games because they were able to run the football when they wanted to run the football. Yeah. And that is the key in this conference closing out games. Tony, reasonable expectations for Auburn fans going into this season as far as record. What do you think that should be? Seven, five, eight, and four. I think that's where they. I think that's where they are. Okay. Uh, now, if they beat somebody, if they beat somebody they're not supposed to beat, if they beat a Georgia or something like that. But I, I think I think eight and to be realistic, I think eight and four is about the ceiling. Okay. Okay. All right, Tony. Thank you so much for your time, man. Really, really appreciate it. And. Uh, Yeah, I hope the rest of your media days are great. Okay, good to see you. Great stuff there. We'll jump into our conversation with Joe Tessitore in just a moment. I want to tell you about the Locked on Auburn Discord. The link to join the Locked on Auburn Discord is in the episode description down below. A lot of fun off-season chatter. And as fall camp is right around the corner, you'll want to be there for all the latest news scoop. And good, it's totally free. No reason not to check it out. We're joined now here on Locked on Auburn by ESPN's Joe Tessitore. And 
Joe, folks are all over the place <laughs> about these Auburn Tigers, about Brian Harson opinions, yeah. um, you know, talking about their upside, and some folks don't think they're going to be any good at all. Where, where are you when uh, when talking about uh, talking about these Auburn Tigers? Well, I, I'll tell you the one thing is I, I've known Brian Harson since boy, about 2007 when he was a young ascendant assistant coach at Boise State. Um, and I believe in him. I know he knows how to coach football. Yeah. He absolutely knows how to coach football. Um, so all the drama of the late season into winter and that one week of soap opera chaos, um, I completely dismiss. Okay. If he's on the sideline, he's getting the team prepared to play. Now he's playing a hell of a schedule. And it's really, really tough to go out week in and week out. But if you reflect on even what was accomplished last year, there's two or three plays where nobody's having that conversation we had in winter. It's true. Two or three. I mean, there's there's one little thing happens with a football late in the game against Saban in the Tide, and nobody's having this conversation. Yeah. Um, right. So you know, obviously, you're going to have um, you're going to have the new coordinators, but guys who have great familiarity with Harson. You're going to have a quarterback that, if you talk to people, if assuming Calzada wins that job, right? Which I think a lot of people assume. Me too. You're going to have a quarterback who, when he's on and when he's healthy. And when he's playing his best football, he can slay the dragon. He did it last year. Right. And there are a lot of people who really believe in his upside and his stability. You have two running backs who uh, – are you trading those two for anybody else's two in the entire league? I don't think Auburn would. No. I, think they I, lo- I don't think anybody would. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, I think they know. love Jarquez Hunter. And, so, yeah, and well, Hunter's sure. dynamic and his recruiting story is I – mean, you talk about being grossly under-recruited for your physical assets yeah. and what you bring to the field, and then tank is tank. Right. Um, and then I think – listen, I think defensive line is going to be very, very capable. Um, and I think you're going to have guys that play hungry. I think whenever you get into a situation where you have year two of a head coach and a staff – You've weeded out some things. You've gone through the culture change. Anybody who is still there is because they buy in and they want to be there. Right. And I bet you if you talk to those inside the building and inside that locker room and on that coaching staff, the tone and the message and the narrative is probably very different than walking up and down Radio Row here. Yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on there. I think you're spot on. So you knowing Brian Harson, yes. when you heard all of that stuff happening earlier this offseason, what was kind of going through your mind when that happened? Well, I'm inured to all of it at this point of working in this league for as many years as I have. Right. Um, it, it's what comes with the SEC. It's what comes with that place because th- there may be other places that care as much. Nobody cares more. Right. Don't don't lie to yourself. So you can you can sit there and name a program that thinks they care about football. I've been around Auburn. I have a love for Auburn. Sure. Obviously, I dedicated a year of my life to, to writing it, writing and producing a damn film on Auburn football. Yeah. Um, so nobody cares more. So it just comes with the territory. It's what happens when you get that big paycheck and you sit in that office. Should it happen? No, it shouldn't happen. You know, would you like it not to? No, I, I don't want to see it happen, but right. it happened. Right. So, I mean, as far as how he responds, uh, winning obviously Just is the winning, answer. Win- winning. Um, no. h- how quick do you think that impacts something like recruiting? Will, will it be night and day if you go out and win eight, nine, ten games in 2022? Yeah, of course. Yeah. With that schedule, again, you know, in that division, yeah, absolutely. You know, show program momentum, grab some nice Ws, which, again, look at how close they were to that happening last year. Right. So, uh, yes, it does. It, listen, it all comes down to the schedule and how things match up. 
So looking at the rest Penn, of the Penn state, I think is a big swing moment. No question. Yeah. And that's really the first challenge. You got Penn yeah. state week three, Missouri comes to town, certainly winnable, but then you got LSU at during here stadium. Those that three yeah, game which, stretch which is I crucial. I broadcast that primetime game last year at LSU. Right. With all the antics with I can kicked off at like midnight. Yeah, that was a long I felt like we were <laughs> it was in that ridiculous. Broadcast. But also the game was so wild that it felt like a four hour game. Was it about a four hour game? Well, it seems like Bo Nix on that one play oh, ran around for an hour, right? Nuts. So he went fifty three yards to one side, fifty three to the other. And yeah. Then, Chucked it to the end zone to Shanker, right? I think you're right. Yeah, to Shanker. I think you're right. Uh, well, he had about he had about four other plays in that game. That one play was wild. But he had about four other magic moments in that game, yeah, as well. So that's going to be a huge game. And I'm very bullish on LSU, by the way. Are you? I am. Okay, LSU yeah, more so than most here. Interesting. Yeah, yes. LSU, Arkansas, and Ole Miss, I think, are all kind of being given a little bit too much love. Sell me on LSU. Um, core talent hasn't dissipated as much as people would think. Sure. It's still LSU. So you have monsters on the defensive line. Interior with Mason Smith, outside on the edge, Ojolari, mm -hmm. um, Gay. The, the defensive line is a classic LSU defensive line with one player who we will be talking about at the end of the year as a next-level player in Mason Smith. Interesting. Just rem remind yourself that I said that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. When you're filling out your ballot at the end of the season, you'll be writing that name down. I think he's going to be a destructive force, both, you know, clogging up space, but also being disruptive and blocking out the sun. Um, and then I think offensively, whoever wins the job, right. you're either going to have veteran leadership that's talented and capable, won the job previously before getting injured, or you're going to have a guy who's just so much better and talented that he's now got the job. You have a first-team wide receiver. Right. Um, you still have speed all over the field. And you now have a coaching staff that holds people accountable, is stable, is conservative by nature so that you don't have these swings of fickle results. Yeah. So you're going to get the best version of what they are. Where are you with, with Arkansas and, and Ole Miss specifically? Arkansas, I think K.J. Jefferson has the potential to be a top three quarterback in the league, especially okay. with his physical attributes. Um, the young running backs, I think um, you have a perfect blend of speed and power. Um, offensive line play is always going to be good and solid, and it is. Obviously, you have some deficiencies at wide receiver that they need to make up for. Um, I do think you're going to get an edge presence with a pass rush, but I think you lose a little something on defense. And I think the locker room is is wired the right way, and the coaching staff has a ton of experience, and that's that's a phenomenal head coach and two coordinators. Sure. Right? With Bryles and Odom as your DC and OC, and with Bryles having the first time in his career he gets a quarterback in back-to-back -back years to work with. He always says, new quarterback. How about that? I didn't realize that. Yeah. This is the first time in Kendall Bryles' entire career, going all the way back to Baylor, that he has a quarterback two years in a row. Wow. Consider that. Yeah, Ole, and, Ole and then, Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss is real um, quick. I yeah. worry about the defense. I mm -hmm. think I think the losses on defense are significant. I think losing DJ Durkin as your defensive coordinator is significant. Sure. I don't worry about the offense, although the continuity that existed uh, between Matt and Jeff Levy, his coordinator, was special. Right. Um. I think Trigg, the tight end, is going to be very, very good. I think Mingo is going to be very good at wide receiver. Um, they lost a lot at running back, but you get in transfers who are incredibly talented. Zach Evans is a next-level player. 
Ulysses Bennett is very productive. And then, you know, we got to see who wins the job, but I think Jackson Dart will, and, and um, they're, good. they're still going to be a good offense. Sure. And then uh, last a question. A couple of the other two that we discussed, though. Sure, sure. Uh, last question, Joe, and really appreciate your time. So the reasonable expectations for Auburn fans going into 2022 as far as wins and losses. Go what, through the schedule with me. I'll rip it off in 10 seconds. Okay. Um, so this, say, the, say the schedule and we'll get through yeah. it. Yeah, so uh, Mercer is first. Yeah, win. Um, the other one's like San Jose State. Win. Uh, Penn State. See, I think that's a win. Okay. Yeah. Um, Missouri. So you get, all, you get momentum, so now things are headed in the right direction. Okay. Missouri. It's a win. Uh, LSU. That's a 50-50 game. Okay. At Georgia. That's a loss. At Ole Miss. That leans a win to me, but it's, it's, oh, it's at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. It's a 50-50 game. Arkansas at home. Uh, really highly competitive game. Swing game. Auburn in Starkville. Uh, let's see where things are at. Yeah. The system is the offensive system is very much in place at Mississippi State. My my lean is that they can accomplish that. Okay. Yeah. Um AM at Jordan Hare Stadium. Critical, critical game. And that's the one you want to circle as the signature win of the year. Yeah. Y- yeah. So it's right. obviously a 50-50 or six or 40-60, but that's the one you want to circle. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the one that tells you, okay, we can slay the big dog. Western Kentucky, that's a win. A, that, that's a win. Then Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa. It's a loss. Yeah. Joe, thank you for your time, man. Thank you so much. War Damn Eagle. I love it. Thank you so much to our special guest today. Once again, live from Radio Row here at the College Football Hall of Fame, SEC Media Days in Atlanta, Georgia. We'll be back tomorrow, and we'll kind of preview what exactly to expect from Brian Harson, Tank Bigsby, John Samuel Shanker, and Derek Hall, as well as the latest news happening here at SEC Media Days. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.